Hey everybody, Scott here from Yunnan Sourcing. We're going to be drinking a 2000, um, it's a kind of a generic brick. It's a 7562 recipe and it's, it's modeled after the Monghai um, Dai Yu Tea Factory 7562 recipe, but it's not from that tea factory. It is, however, uh, from the year 2000. It's 17, almost 18 years old. It's been dry stored in Kunming. And it's a very interesting tea. It's, um, it's, it's a really good example of um, a dry stored ripe tea and how wonderful they can be. Um, but yeah, that's it, 250 grams. We're gonna drink it up. I've got um, 6.7 grams here in my 120 milliliter silver teapot. And uh, yeah, let's get, let's get rolling. Um, 100 degree water, 100 degrees, um, you know, just boiled like about um, two minutes ago. So I may reboil it after about four or five steeps. So do a quick little wash here. I don't want to do too much. Um, Oh, there's a real tobacco, um, kind of heavy molasses, tobacco um, aroma coming off this tea. And of course I've had it before, so I know kind of what to, what I'm getting myself into. Mm. Really nice, rich smell. Still a good chunk in here. It's fairly tight compression, not super tight, um, but fairly tight, especially considering um, how many years old it is. It's you know getting close to 18 years old this tea. So um, let's sip this again. Oh yeah, what an aroma! I love the aroma of this tea. There's a little bit of um, smokiness too that's going on here, which is really interesting because. Smokiness doesn't usually carry into ripe pour um, all the way through the wet piling process. Um, smokiness in Mao Cha, especially in older Mao Cha that was processed you know, by hand and was processed often in smoky environments or using wood fires or stored in um, you know, tea growers' homes on the second level where they're using wood fires to cook, which is very, very common, um, especially you know, um, 18, 17, 18 years ago. So, when you notice smokiness in pu'er, there's usually two reasons for it. One is it was, um, you know, prepared, it was processed, in a, and they did the kill green, the frying, and whatnot, um, you know, with wood fire, and often the ventilation from where they're do where they're making the fire or under the wok is not um, sufficient, and some of that smokiness will get into the mao cha. Um, the other reason for smokiness is that you have tea that was, um, again, stored as Mao Cha in a, in a uh, tea grower's home or something like that, maybe on a second level or in close to a wood smoke fire. And that can often be, you know, if it was stored there for years, it can often take on a very smoky taste. There's actually a third reason for smokiness, and it's because during the kill green process, 
um, the leaves were actually burnt a little bit. So there's a little bit of caramelization, as it were, a little burnt bits and things like that, which can give the tea a little bit of smokiness. So actually three reasons. So um, little tidbit. But this tea is, yeah, it's almost got a rum-like um, kind of smell to it as well. There's like a dried fruit, rum, a little bit of smoke. It's, it's a very like, um, very unique tea. Mm. Wow, it's like rum and raisins and 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 like you know tobacco leaf. But somehow through it all, it's quite smooth. Again, this tea hasn't really opened up much, and the smokiness again is very subtle, but it's definitely there, and um, something that again is very very rare. Because you figure you have these smoky malchas, unprocessed, you know, raw poor, which is, you know, what what ripe poor is made from, um, is uh, malcha. Um, having smokiness in malcha is one thing, but having the smokiness um, carry through the the forty plus day wet piling process, uh, um and have it come out is uh, is pretty rare. So I have tasted it before. Um, and some ripe teas, but again, very, very rare. And nowadays, you will almost never taste um, any kind of smokiness in ripe pour. This one, this is nice. It's again, this is a very clear. It's burgundy tea soup. There's no cloudiness whatsoever. Again, because of its age. Um, Again, this is a 7562 um, style. It's, you know, again, it's not a Monghai Tea Factory production, but it's styled after the um, 7562 production. So it's got an um, uh, average grade of six leaves. So there's probably some grade three and five and seven in there, and maybe some nine, and maybe some grade one. There is a little bit of tippiness uh, on, on, on the base of the brick itself. Oh, there's almost like a cola, Dr. Pepper, um, which I did not expect. In the first steep, I kind of got it a little bit, and then I was like, Ooh, what is that? But there's like almost a cola-y Dr. Pepper kind of taste going on here, too. I think it's that caramel, you know, I think that maybe some of it's from the smoky, the caramel notes that I'm getting. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a bean, like a bean, um, dried uh, bean taste as well to it. Um, but yeah, there is almost a kind of a cola, a cola-like taste to it. I don't drink a whole lot of cola, but it did spark that memory um, for me. Sweet, but not an overly sweet tea, um, but not really bitter either.
This tea is kind of a strange, a strange but wonderful beast. That's kind of how I would describe it. Um, but again, it's it's definitely it's definitely unique enough that I would, you know, I'm not going to say just buy this tea, run out there and get you know get on the site and buy it. I would say try a sample if you're interested. If you think that this might be something that's interesting to you. Um, I have talked to several people who love this tea and they love it, love it, love it. Um, but not everybody. So, you know, again, mm. noticing a little bit of like almost coffee, like tannin now that's coming out a little bit more. I think it's cause it's opening up. There's a little bit of bitterness that cola sweetness, the cola kind of caramel thing is still there, but it's, it's being kind of, um, challenged by the rising kind of tannin um, taste but it's very it's a very dry um, kind of hangs out you've got a real a lot of things going on in the mouth here kind of hanging out um, you've got a real hanging you know like a, a hanger on a little bit of like tannin and, and I don't want to say chalky but a little bit of like um, kind of like oil like a kind of a oil that just kind of hangs out there that kind of like a coffee um, coffee beans would give you hmm. we just drank the 2000 CNMP Chenxiang um, Yiwu brick and um, that had a um, that had kind of a little bit of a coffeeness to it too, but actually I find that this is actually even more, I think the tannins in this tea are definitely more, and I, I think it's because it's a finer grade leaf as well. Um, there still is a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, the fruity kind of more rum raisin taste um, isn't as pronounced as it was in the first couple of steeps. Um, I, I actually have lost track of which steep we're on. I think we're on steep four or five now. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but let's let's let this sit for a second here. I like to push these older, um, I like to push these older ripe teas because I think they can be pushed, um, and I also don't want to like you know just bombard my bladder with like all these like super short steeps and just you know, I prefer you know typically teas like this I like to brew, you know, eight times typically. So I like to push them just a little bit, you know. I mean, of course, you can always brew them shorter and brew them longer. Um, but I think with these older ones, you really don't need to. Um, they could still go, you could brew them longer and they could still go 10 plus steeps. Um, but I kind of, I like to do several sessions of Gong Fu Cha every day. So I like to keep my sessions like within a reasonable amount of time and not just like, you know huge amounts of tea and huge amounts of water um but you know each to his own or her own as it were um so And again, I'm brewing in silver. I like silver for any kind of teas that really require um, 
that really require a lot of heat, um, like these older teas and ripe teas, pours in general, um, they really they really do well with the silver because um, I just feel like it really brings out all the flavors in the tea when you're using silver. And I don't know if it's heat or the conduct or the element of silver itself. I don't really know, um, but I do know. Um, personally that I noticed a huge difference, especially when I first got the silver teapot, it was a huge difference for me. So, um, it would, you know, it's hard, I think, because you can't really, you know, you can't really know until you get one, unless you know somebody who has a silver teapot. Um, let's see. What's going on? Oh, and I am noticing that kind of cola. It's almost like a root beer cola type, a little bit of that sarsaparilla almost kind of flavor coming out. Um, really interesting. I rarely taste this in tea, and I think it's the combination of the fruity sweetness that it has that most ripe pours, especially age ones, have, and that little bit of smoke that's kind of hanging on there gives it almost like a caramel caramelized kind of um, aspect to it. This tea is not as creamy um, as maybe some of the other ones. Um, it tends to be a little more um, pungent and it kind of hits and it kind of hangs out. It's, it's got a really good uh, veal gun or the kind of like staying in the mouth um, feeling. It's not drying, which is, which is nice because I think that with this kind of flavor profile drying a drying sensation would would make it less pleasant. It's still quite in Chinese we say run, run or like you know lubricating where it's it's you know it's it's making the mouth feel you know nice and and slippery and lubricated and not and not drying. So um, I tend to like to avoid those kinds of teas, especially in ripe teas, because I find that ripe teas are just should be pleasant and should be run. Um, or you know, kind of slippery and, and, and soothing. So, but of course, I also think that this has um, something to do also too with um, people and their overall body state. Um, I have found that at different times of year, or if I've been ill or whatever, that um, the mouthfeel can vary widely from tea to tea. Hey, Lucy. Hi. Get on your bed. Come on, get up there. Good girl. Down. Down. No, you're not going to listen. Lucy is notorious for doing as she pleases. Um, yeah, so we're getting a little bit, losing a little bit of color here. It's getting a little bit lighter. Um, and again, this tea, as we talked about before, is um, is a seven five six two average grade six. You know, so you've got some smaller leaves, some bigger leaves. But generally, um, this tea is not going to be as um, infusible, as it were, as um, some of the larger leaf teas. Um, obviously, more infusible than like Gongting, which is the smallest grade leaf, or something like that, or Teji. 
run out of space? Yeah, so stable. This T is definitely losing a little bit of power. Um, I've taken a little break and I've reboiled the water. So um, this time I'm going to push it a little bit more and see what we can get out of it. Um, 7562, the Dai Yi. Um, blend. So again, the numbers 7562. 75 is uh, 1975, so that would be when they first released or they first um, kind of invented that particular blend. Um, so 7562 to 6 is the average grade of the leaves. And of course, you know, the grades go from Gongting to Ji, 1, 2, 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, um, so six is like an, is like the average. If you took an average of the different leaf grades and the quantities they use, would be an average of six. Um, Seven five six two is a real classic um, Monghai Tea Factory brick, um, and it is one that we offer on the site. And I do recommend it. I, it's it's always one of those like values. I don't know why, but Monghai Tea Factory has never sold an, ex an overpriced expensive version of 7562 which they do with a lot of other teas it's it's like the least fanfare of any ripe of any tea that Dai puts out pretty much is like 7562 it's there it's just a solid tea it's usually quite affordable um and it's really good so you know again i'm it, it's not the same as this tea this tea is just it's somebody decided to make a tea to kind of emulate that feeling or that similar leaf grade. But in fact, the, the material is from Monghai. Um, but that's about all the similarity that I see between these two bricks is, yeah, it's from it's from Monghai, the, the region. Um, but it's quite quite different from the um, Da Yi Monghai Tea Factory 7562. So a um, little, you know, a little history there. If this were a 7562 Dai brick from 2000, it would be considerably more expensive than it is. So, um, again, I think this represents a good value for what it is. Um, and it's incre an incredibly unique tea. It's just, I, I don't find that ripe tea tastes like cola usually. And that's, you know, like... In my first sessions with this tea, I didn't, I didn't really pick up on that. Let me take a look. Nice tea soup, super clear. Let me get this next last one going here, and it's totally opened up now. There's no chunks or anything left. Um, I'd give this tea infusibility rating is about average for ripe. The sweetness and the kind of the flo the the fruitiness is kind of is coming back now as this the more like the beany kind of roasted bean 
coffee tannin um, taste and the smoky caramel taste is faded a little bit it's more just a straight ahead and kind of sweet you know fruitiness now which is it's quite pleasant and it's it's by no means weak so what else can't really think much else to say. 2017 is coming to a close, and um, it was a great year for Yunnan sourcing. A lot of a lot of things happening. A lot of great teas. Um, 2017 is a year overall for um, for teas from Yunnan. I thought was quite excellent. Um, although 2017 prices were a little higher because of the lower harvest in the spring. Um, that was a little bit of a challenge, but the quality of the teas um, were really excellent. Autumn, um, which are autumn teas, we've released a few from Iwu now, um, and the rest of our teas are still in the tea factory being pressed. It's a very s slow, the tea factory that we work with is very, very slow, but they do a great job, and you know they've never like mixed up our teas or done something stupid like that. So. Um, we're very patient with letting with letting them you know press our teas and taking the time and care that they need to do that um, but you should be seeing some of those coming out hopefully in January you'll be seeing some of the autumn teas from Jingu and um, Lintang and Simao uh, other parts of Simao other than Jingu coming out um, in January not a ton um, but definitely we just chose some really solid teas that were just really hard to pass up, you know, so um, definitely be looking for those too uh, in January. But overall, 2017 was a great year. Um, a lot of support from customers, um, you know, choosing Yunnan sourcing and, and supporting, you know, me and going through my process and all my, you know, the things um, that have happened this year. And um, I just want to thank everybody so much from the bottom of my heart, how much support and love and, and um, just how wonderful you all are. Thank you so much. Um, pretty much wrapping up this tea. I'd say we're getting fairly brewed out on this tea here. Let's give it a little sip here and see. Hmm. Still nice. It's it's definitely, you know, it's definitely kind of tastes more just like a normal ripe now. A lot of those, a lot of the, the really unique nuances are, are mostly have been brewed out. But now it's just sweet. It's still got that. It has a nice chenxiang. That little bit of an aged taste is still really obvious in this tea. So, although we could keep going, I think we'll cut it off here because this video is probably pretty long. So, anyways, thank you everybody, and uh, see you in 2018. Happy New Year.